listening to ComedySlamRadio.com. From our studios to the world, we bring you the finest in quality entertainment. So pop some popcorn, grab a smooch buddy, and settle in for another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com where we bring you national touring and celebrity comedian interviews. Follow us on Twitter at Let's Be Frank Show. And if you miss our live broadcast, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. And please contact us with any questions or information about advertising and sponsoring at Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank at Yahoo.com. All right. Welcome to the Let's Be Frank Show with Dave Frank. We are blessed with a great in-studio guest tonight, a legend in his own mind, comedian <laughs> for 20, 25 years, Ward Smith. How you doing? Thank you, Dave. Nice to be here. Uh, nice to be Comedy here. Slam Radio. Thank, thank you, you for, for having me here. You know, thank you for buying me a beer tonight before the show. Normally, I buy everybody else the beer. Am I the first guest to actually you, do You were the first guy the who, well, you insisted, uh, Steve Eric, who's been on the show many times, Love them, buys, man. It, Love buys them, man. the drinks for me sometimes. It's a good guy. But I like to buy. I like to buy the drinks. What the that's hell was about I all thinking? Gonna, I'm not paying you, so that's about the only thing you're getting out of me is a four dollar beer. Oh, well, then after the show, let's go over and really tune up. Over there. Okay, let's go back to the Freaky Tiki. Can we say the Freaky Tiki? Uh, yeah, the Freaky Tiki was where the pre-show green room is for the for the Comedy Slam radio show, and that's I'm sorry, I was puking. That's what they call puking in the business. The old radio DJ got the voice with a talk like that. The boss house with the boss Jack from eleven eight fifty right now, kids. That's called puke. <laughs> I always go there. Almost every week I go there before the show. As long as the people that want to go in, right. that are coming in, want to go there, we always go. Uh, we've gone there after. It's a great place, Freaky Tiki. They it's one of the few places left we can actually drink and smoke inside of. I noticed that. You know that? I'm not a smoker. I gave it up so many years ago. It's right. an afterthought to me. But I'm no yes, quitter. Still, I'm no quitter. So I just you're not stay a quitter. With it. I'm, nope. I'm a quitter. Huh? I quit. Mm-hmm. I still get nightmares about yeah? when I used to smoke. I, or it's funny because I'm in the nightmare. I'm always driving the same car, mm-hmm. and it was my 1997 Red Ford Probe. <laughs> awesome first sportish car I have, if you could call it a sports car. Babes dig that car. <laughs> Babes dig the Probe. They always dig. The they probe. Did, They didn't dig it enough. They dug. They dug the car better than me. Uh, um, materialistic but, women. There you go. Um, but in the in the nightmare, I always wake up. And I'm looking for my pack of cigarettes, and in the in the nightmare, I'm driving that car with the windows down, smoking a cigarette, and I wake up in a cold sweat. It happens like once a year. I, it's like a reminder that I don't want to go back to the Surgeon General devil. All right, now let me ask you this. Did you quit cold turkey? The last time I quit, I quit cold turkey. <laughs> okay. God bless you, because I don't have the willpower. Right. I, I it was suck just at that willpower. I was 23 years old, and I was hacking. No, yeah, 23 years old. I was hacking my brains out, and I said, you know what? Where am I going to be if I do this for another 20 years? Because mm-hmm. I started smoking at the God-blessed age of 10 years old. Oh, yeah. So I had 13 years in. I fucked up my youth on my lungs and all that okay. probably. So I got out while the getting was good. Good for you. Good for you. I, I really, I'm Jewish. I got pissed off that they hit two bucks a pack. I think okay, that set the okay, fire. Okay. Well, well, were you a Reformed <laughs> Jew or you Orthodox Jew? Uh, Reformed. Pretty you, casual. You know the difference? Yeah, Between the, Orthodox the, Jews don't eat pork, right? Mm-hmm. Reformed Jews don't eat pork, but if you do, I got a wonderful recipe. You know, <laughs> a pork tenderloin with a little with a little cracked pepper on it. It's with the hot spicy mustard. It's gorgeous. You know? <laughs> pork is good. That's right. It it's is delicious. It's the other white meat, man. It is. And then if you watch Austin Powers movies, there's the other other white meat, which is bad. <laughs> right. But it's right. But I don't sniff. Red meat is not bad for you, you know. Bluish no. greenish meat with shit growing on it. And although the other it's other white meat is baby, I do not sniff bath salt, <laughs> so I have no. I'm not interested in eating flesh. What was that going on when he had that rash of the what is it the bath salt smorting flesh eating zombies that were out there? I, what the fuck? I was don't that? know, man. You know, I know. Back in the day when I was a pothead, I had enough trouble not eating potato chips. Right. I don't need something that's going to make me want to eat another animal <laughs> right. or person. That's right. I'm ha- I was happy with it. Do you really want to get that buzz where you feel like gnawing someone's face off? I no. Mean, I don't think that's fun, man. No, <laughs> it's not. Tune in, turn on, drop out, eat a face. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's what our founding drug forefathers had in mind when they invented that stuff. No. Uh, so, who's the genius who sits around and says, I mean, it sounds like something like you'd see an Animal House or a college movie or something. It's a, 
But what can we do to get high? We already smoked cat litter, and we already <laughs> done the datura growing in the backyard and the angel's trumpet. What's next? Bath salts? I mean, they're going... I remember when you were a kid, you'd, you'd, you'd like have the... When the parents were away, you'd, you'd mix everything in the liquor cabinet up. Right. Is it we've gone as a, as a society to where we're taking everything in below the medicine chest, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll below the medicine chest. Or, smoking or, cotton balls and rolled up in tampons. I mean, what are these fucking kids doing now? They're trying to get high off of it. I mean, they try to get high off I'll everything. smoke weed out of anything, but, I mean, bath salts, come on, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty weird, man. Um, but, hey, the worst thing, I, I don't know. I don't know if bath salts is worse than the people that huff on their own poop from their own methane gas or their... They they take their poop in a jar and they put it the balloon on it and it catches it and they get high off of that. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm just glad you brushed your teeth before you finished huffing your ass. You know, I heard of getting the hu- getting your huffle on, but woo. I mean, I saw that inhaling the methane of your own gas. Yeah, I saw and I saw it on the news. It must be true. It was on TV, right? Right, right. You've been on TV. You're true. Uh, I, could, I could touch you. You're really here. That's right. <laughs> and I fart, so it must be true. I smelt that, man. Oh, it was fucking horrible. Sorry about that. Um, no, you burped down in the tiki bar. I didn't say anything about it. I wasn't on the radio, though, man. No, no you were. Uh, now, you're, if, you're, I, if I was already laying and I was on 1025 The Bone, mm-hmm. which I listened to, and I'm driving home so from So you're a bonehead, right? That's what it is? I've been called that many a times, okay. uh, even before the bone existed. <laughs> um, but I'm driving home, and there's Artie Lang, and the guy's, I mean, this huge burp in the radio. And I'm like, that's to me. I'm like, oh, my God, I would never do that. Is he and still I'm, on? Artie, hey, he's, yeah. it's Artie Lane and Nick DiPaolo on 102.5 The Bone. They do, he, does, he eats burgers. He, it's a constant thing for him. It's when, just, and, and this is... When is this on? He's not on the AM side anymore. No, he's on 102.5 The Bone uh, This is FM. the morning show? <laughs> this, isn't Artie, this isn't Artie Fletcher. It's Artie oh, Lang. Artie Lang. Oh, I'm sorry. Artie Lang from uh, Howard Stern right, show Artie, and all oh, that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Artie, I've never listened to Artie Fletcher's show. Okay. I met him once. His birthday was yesterday. Happy oh. birthday to Artie Fletcher. Happy birthday, Congratulations for getting out of the hospital. Happy, healthy, and... That probably was he hasn't been on the radio, I guess. I haven't. Yeah, I think he just started a new show, though. He's got something else coming out. Okay. I've never met him. Let's right. talk about you more than him. Okay, fine. He's happy, healthy. He had a heart attack, but he's good, and he had a good birthday yesterday. God bless him. All right, God bless him. While he was having a birthday, I was actually doing that, um, You're doing, the, right. the charity the ch- show. That you did. Let's talk about that. That's more important than me. The the good work that you guys did, Caleb. It, right? it was supportcaleb.com. Supportcaleb. Yep. Uh, and I wanted to be. The, I did want to be there yesterday. I had other plans that came up, and I'm very, very sorry. I do. I told you, and I will say it right here on the air. I will. I will send a donation. Is there a PayPal account? Do you know if they're set up? You just go to uh, supportcaleb.com, support um, and on the right hand side, you can click on. I think it's WePay, okay. and they make get that. Done. You know, they get their little three and a half percent for hosting the whole donations sure. and making sure the family gets the money. That's fine. Uh, but it was nice because Bay News Nine came out to I the saw event. that. At the Tampa Picture Show, mm-hmm. I got my first TV appearance. It was on the news, and right. I did not have handcuffs on. <laughs> and that's a rarity in Florida. That's for you, as yes. for anybody being on TV. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, my family could be mm-hmm. proud of my See, I was on, on TV, TV, and both times I was associated with law enforcement. Yes. So. But yours was burn notice. Well, it was fictional, but yet there were, were there handcuffs? Could they be involved? Yes. yes. Am I from Florida? Well, burn notice took place in Florida, so there was your Florida law a connection breaking it or not right so i can see where you know, florida people on tv usually associated with the law in some regard even yes. if it's if it's cops or america's most wanted or if it's stories in the news yes. about you know the favorite thing the you know we're known for the election getting screwed up we're known for the teacher sex scandal the first thing that i remember that really put florida on the map and I know people out there can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a guy who got his pecker stuck in uh, a pool jet. That is, it was a hotel in Lakeland, and uh, he was, you know, he was fucking the pool jet, and he he got his pecker stuck in it. And then, wow. someone had to call nine one one. They had to drain the pool and get some Vaseline around it and get his unit out of the out of the out of that little pool return. I am so glad I grew up in New York. That's and right. common sense. That's right, right. I knew to stood back. That had a pretty big jet. You could stand back four or five inches 
and, and still take care of business. Get get their shit done. Right, right. Damn. <laughs> right. Pimping ain't easy. I tell you. Get your dick stuck in the vacuum jet right. on a pool. That it's is hard, hard for a pimp. It's hard for a pimp, right? It is. But getting back to Caleb, I was it was kind of lucky for me because uh, we had some great people that came together to do that. Uh, right. Johnny Bell came mm-hmm. to the show, Johnny Oz, and uh, John J. Murray. A lot of John's. time on the show. I was the only non-John. Non- <laughs> Three non-Johns. I, I, I was the pimp of the night. Those <laughs> were my Johns. John's. <laughs> and originally, Mike Marillo was going to be part of it, but uh, he took some time out, got the room set up, and he just was a little tired for going on stage. But it was great, and Kathy McGuire helped out. Wow. A lot of people came out. Verizon donated. See, that's a lot one of thing I noticed, and that's how I, I've known you is through the advance of technology and through Facebook and whatnot, and getting to know the local comedy scene who the new guys are. I mean, there's new people coming in all the time, and I can't keep track of them all. There, there's but, new people coming in, and there's new people going well, out. Right. It's like every open mic. There's new people coming in. There's yep. old people coming back, <laughs> and 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 the bug are all in the middle. But. What you guys did as a unit, as a collective unit, and I follow Mike a lot on Facebook as well, and you as well, what you guys were doing for something good, I think that, that, that says so much about you know the, uh, the vision that you guys have and, and your hearts. And you're right, we comics do stick together. Yeah. I mean, we, we never met Caleb. I'm sure you never met the nope. guy, but he's, he's a brother in the fraternity. Right, and you know? uh, some of the people I've never, you know, I actually never did a show with uh, Johnny Bell before, so mm-hmm. that was our first show. I'd been at open mics with some of the other people right. and done some shows, but you know it was all everybody coming together just to do something great. cool. That's and, great. You know it, it worked out well. We will save it for when Vilmo Vilmo's going to call in. Okay. Uh, Vilmo was the comedian that was mentoring uh, Caleb Medley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll talk a little bit about that, but he started mm-hmm. the whole support Caleb, and mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting story uh, on how it all happened. But he's going to call in. Uh, we had a good time, raised some money. A lot of people donated some great gifts. Uh, lots of people came out. You know, it was a pretty good room, and good. We had a good time. We even had some uh, music in the beginning. Excellent. I saw uh, that in the report too. You yes, live music. Some music. And- uh, the one guy was very good on the uh, the keyboards. Very good. They were all good singers. Um, James Hanley and uh, can't believe I can't remember the other guy's name, but I'm more of a comic. Okay. And then we had. <laughs> <laughs> We also had uh, Kathy McGuire, who was out, great vocalist, she sang. Um, So it was a really good night. Good. And, uh, you know, I'm happy we did it. Yep. And, uh, as I said, I didn't get handcuffed on TV. Right, and they spelled your name right in the paper. Yeah. No, actually, you know what's funny? I'm sorry, on the report. On TV, they did. Uh, On the newspaper. They they, referred to you as Frank. Yeah, I was They'll do that from time. They cite you up front, David Frank, who's organizing, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then later on. Frank letter went on to say. Yeah, everybody does that, though. Right. That's what happens when you're cursed with two first names. Ward Smith, two last names. Yeah, yeah, Ward Smith, mm-hmm. and I get David Frank. Mm-hmm. But it's what's really messed up is, and my parents didn't realize it. What's your middle name, Miller? It's, it's, it's fucking Matthew, so it's DMF. <laughs> so I grew up, you're already laughing, because you already know, dumb motherfucker. And that's what I was called growing up, and maybe that's why I have a little personality and I'm pissed off at the world and do comedy. But... The funny part of it is, is DM, right at your bar mitzvah too, DMF too. Is that what oh, it was everywhere. Oh my it goodness, was, it's in, it's just everywhere. And when my parents and my mother, especially, first figured out why I didn't like DMF, because <laughs> I never told them. It was just I'm not going to go home and tell that I got picked on about my name. I'm a, I'm a fucking man. I wasn't doing that in right. middle school or anything. I was working at Sears, and my mother worked there, and she was artsy fartsy and made things. She made me a tie clip. With the initials DMF. Oh no! And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, I can't wear this. I'm like 19, 20, and she goes, What do you mean you can't wear it? I made it. I said, Mom, I can't wear DMF. Do you know what they called me my mm-hmm. whole life growing up? And she goes, No. And when I told her, dumb motherfucker, she goes, Oh my God, me and your father spent so much time trying to pick out names that you guys wouldn't get picked on. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you, you were thinking as adults, you weren't thinking about, you weren't thinking like a fifth grader. DMF is dumb motherfucker dumb mother. all the way through. <laughs> I was screwed. It was over. And probably deservedly so, I've been called dumb motherfucker, just probably for good reason. But uh, I think secretly there's probably times like when I ruined the carpet or burnt the carpet at the house. Mm-hmm. My father was probably calling me dumb, dumb motherfucker. motherfucker. He's he probably happy he gave me the initials. It on says that day. under your breath that they probably were calling you dumb motherfucker, I'm sure. 
I did do a lot of things to. Dad, can I damage. go to Tommy's? No, we're gonna go to Aunt Rose's. Dumb motherfucker. You know, under the breath, that kind of a thing. Right? Oh yeah. 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 Oh, let's see. I uh, my father had put down. I know. I'm, I'm surprised I made it out of the house alive. Uh, one time he had recarpeted the whole house, mm-hmm. and it was this beautiful mauve color carpet that my mother wanted. And you know that when you, at least up in New York, up north, people have carpet. When you get carpet in New York, to, did she put covers over the carpet? Uh, when we were, she used to have the covers over the couches, right? But when you first get carpet, you have to vacuum it every day because the stuff comes up. Well, my father thought that I was responsible enough to vacuum the carpet. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to him, sorry about his damn luck, he was wrong. Uh, <laughs> I was vacuuming the carpet and it picked up one of those little cords yeah. or a piece of string and it wound around the wheel, burn out the wheel. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm a pretty strong guy. I'm just pushing it. I don't realize that it's stuck. I'm still pushing the whole thing, not looking around. I could have had headphones on. I left a black burning. streak on this mauve pink colored carpet because the belt had melted. Oh yeah, it was on every single step. Oh, yeah. It was on, on the, all the way in the oh, entire yeah. house. It was like I was oblivious to the oh, fact that I was you even doing dumb it. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Hebrew name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dumb motherfucker. <laughs> that was one of the first times I think my father wanted to choke me out. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if, if if it was legal to beat the crap out of your well, back then it probably was legal. It wasn't sure. as big of a deal. Then they call it discipline. Now they call it abuse. Yes. Right. But yeah, I, I then then I destroyed the downstairs carpet, which it was easier. Oh, to if fix. that weren't enough, yes. If that weren't enough, yes. Being the overachiever that you are, the yes. star son that you are. A couple years later, my buddy's hanging out. I think we were having a sleepover or whatever the hell it was, and I decided to start a fire in the fireplace. Nice. And what am I going to do? There's a fire. I got a stick to poke at it. I'm poking that fire with a stick. Right. Well, a couple of hot embers come out, catch the rug on fire. I'm stomping it out. And, you know, I'm a little kid. I think I got this great idea. We got this some kind of petrified piece of wood that somebody found or gave us. So I'm like, well, let me just reposition the living room, and I'll put this here, and no one will notice that this ever happened. And apparently, as soon as they walked in, they were like, Dave, didn't we tell you you're not allowed to use the fireplace? And why is everything moved? And then so it was the motherfucker. You had the again. flu open. At least you had the flu open. No? So the, yes. room, the room wasn't full with smoke, and you had the embers on the. On the yeah, floor. no, no, no. The room wasn't filled with smoke, but I was the dumb motherfucker again. Have you made up? Have you made amends? Are you still atoning? No, I've made amends. Right. Yes. So I'm still grounded for life. I'm just out on good behavior. <laughs> you know, I did have to call, call to get permission. Right. I'd say I I let the dog. I didn't let the dog out. What I think I was in sixth grade one time, and it crapped on the rug, and then I was. You are grounded for life, young man. <laughs> and it's still stuck. You know? There you go. I, I get out of good behavior. I get out to go to work. You know, and then I have to check in. There's no ankle bracelet. Mom just fucking knows. There you go. You know? Moms always know. I remember the first time I, uh, I flipped my mother the bird. Ooh. She wasn't even looking at me. She yelled at me. She was walking down the hall. I flipped her the bird, and she goes, put that finger down. I'm like, how did you know? She goes, as soon as you were born, I got a third eye on the back of my head just for this. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> it right. was installed. That's right. Now, do you have children of your own? Hell no. Hell no. Okay. I have two. I've, you have two kids? I have uh, two boys, 16 and 20. 16 and 20. So one's out of the house and asking for money, and the other one's just asking for money. Right. Exactly. Well, actually, my son, to his credit, my oldest boy, uh, he's he has a job, and he's in school, and he's maintained his average. So, And he got a Bright Future scholarship on his own. Nice. So, if he needs some help, Pop's here to help out. His mother's here to help out. But he doesn't call me for, you know, $50 here or $30 there. He can help, you know, call it for tuition. If he needs a brake job for his car, kind of a yes. high ticket thing, that's what we do. We we help out. But, no, I mean, he, he takes care of his own self. And he's uh, learning to you know, be uh, disciplined with a buck. There you and, go. And budget. If he's young and good-looking, I would recommend that he go on. Uh, Craigslist and prostitute himself out to rich women. Well, I have uh, I have to retire from that first before oh. I can pass that on to the sure. Ward Smith Gigolo. Yeah, by day, by right. day, by Just day. Just checking by day. You could have brought some of the bitches with you, some hot broads for fat. Davies. I gave the ladies the night off, you know, because the old you know expression, "Hey, Ward, like beavers said, hey, weren't you a little tough on the beaver?" <laughs> yeah, I gave them the night off, so that's that's my. Sorry about my damn luck. It could have been some hot <laughs> girls here, man. Quiggy, he didn't bring any hot I girls I, for me. I remember I worked for I opened for Ron White once, 
And uh, he said, you mind if I use you in a joke? He's like, <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I'm going to do this little thing. I'm going to refer to you. Some guys get uptight about it. And I said, hell, I don't give a shit. I'll go right ahead. So I bring him on stage with the punchline in Atlanta. And uh, how about another hand for Ward Smith? Ain't he funny? Some bitch, I hate him. You know, good-looking <laughs> fucker that he is. I mean, we went out last night one of your clubs here by the punchline, and I just have a tough time with women, you know. Uh, I got to go into, he says, hell, look at me. You know, by that, and back then he had big hair, he had a big mustache, like a David Crosby mustache, and All right. dressed like a hippie. And he says, hell, look at me. I, I got to, I'll meet a woman. I got to tell her I'm a comedian, I'm a writer, and I'm working on my own shows, and I have screenplays down the line where I write novels and short stories. And I really got to work on my rap when I got to talk to a woman. Ward just walks up and says, hey, I got a Snickers. Who wants to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that easy. <laughs> My problem is I would probably eat the fucking Snickers. Well, yeah, when it comes down to it, it's the, you know, what's that old joke that uh, that uh, Sadie, uh, was it Izzy and Mo are in the nursing home and Sadie is running around and she's hiking up a nighty and she's screaming, super pussy, super pussy, super pussy. And then Izzy looks at Mo and says, I'll have this soup. That took a second. <laughs> so... Tell us a little bit what brought you to comedy. I mean, it was about 25 years that you're in comedy now. So how long ago mm -hmm. well, I got, we're, I started, we're going from such hilarious stuff to how'd you get into comedy first? <laughs> Where'd I, you start doing open mics and stuff? Like I started in, in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I was doing stand-up when I was in the service, and that was in 82 and 83 and 84. Actually, 80, yeah, 82, 83, and 84. And then when I got out of service, I was going to Arizona State, and... Uh, a friend of mine, I was at Bellhop at a hotel, and we got free passes for this comedy club to pass on to you know, guests or whatnot. And we were invited down to see the club, and you know they got a first couple of round of drinks for us, and so we could you know talk about it and bring patrons down. And I saw David Spade was there, and he was on the open, one of the open micers, and they do open mics every Monday night. That's what the MC right. was saying, and I went, oh okay. So I started hanging out, and I was trying to do whatever army stories I could remember that would translate in five, ten minutes, whatever it was. And I started becoming, you know, a regular. And then we do improv at the end of the night. Anything for more stage time, you just want to try and get booked. That's what I found sure. out when they tell you that's what it is. You see, you keep doing, you do well at open mics consistently. You try to get an MC spot, you know, at this local club. It was called Finney Bones. So a comic, Michael Finney, he was a, one of the greatest comic magicians out there. Still, still out there. Right. It was, it was his club in 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 Phoenix, one of those many clubs, and. uh so uh, a guy named Paul Hopp was the manager of it. And uh, so eventually I got it. You know, I, I got an MC job. And there were then there were two comedy clubs. There was one in, in Phoenix and one in Scottsdale. A place called Seekers was in Scottsdale. And um, it was like the... Uh, oh, it sounds like we got, a, we got a phone call right here. Yeah, I think we, we got a phone call. Vilmos we're going to interrupt in. this story right now because it absolutely is going nowhere. And Vilmos <laughs> is on the phone. And uh, Vilmos, how are you tonight? Vilmos, are you there? Gwiggy, did you not patch Vilmos through? Go ahead. Gwiggy will get that worked out. Continue. So it was at the, uh, actually, there was the guy at Seekers, Jerry Weisberg, called me up and said, I need you to, I need you to fill in because David Spade was, was originally scheduled to MC. I think he got a better paying gig, like in L.A., for like 200 for the week. Wow. <laughs> so Because I got 75 for the week to MC, but I opened for Pat Paulson. Now, my first MC gig is... I had a weekend or two days was seventy five bucks. Right. So right. how many years later? Twenty five. Right. right. <laughs> and now and now it's a buck and a quarter. So, <laughs> but that, and that's where it started. All the clubs because Phoenix was really close to L A. And uh, so the the people that came over, I mean, that was I opened for Kevin Nealon and Bruce Baum and uh, uh, John Fox, the great John Fox, who passed away. God rest his soul. Not uh, last year. Um, Later, when I moved to Houston, I opened for Bill Hicks, and uh, but everybody would come through the L.A. scene and uh, Stephen Wright. That was that was a wonderful time. You know? Oh, I bet. And now we just we actually lost a a great female comedian today, Phyllis, uh, Phyllis Diller, the great Phyllis Diller. Yes, uh, I mean you talk about it, somebody who's breaking ground like her and Joan Rivers, you know, in this guy's game. You know, it's a young man's game for for one. I'm trying to. And I'm booked the next week of coconuts, and that's right. and that's great. It's always time to get up, but at the older you get, you want to stay fresh, you want to stay relevant, and stay true to who you are. I mean, 
you look at the kind of career Carlin had, who he could still stay fresh and true. And, you know, you look at also your demographic, those people, his audience grew with him. You know, coming out today, you go to a, a new a new audience that's at the whatever the comedy club that's in town, and they're thirty somethings. You know, the, the 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 demographic today that has disposable income are late twenties to early thirties, and it's like, geez, well, you know, I'm I'm talking, I'm coming from a point of view, you know, I'm pushing fifty. I mean, I can talk to people who have kids and have, you know, got them in school and have grown up, and you know, we're we're bless you, we're, we're relating to things that happened in our past. I mean, the the people are on the cusp of what's hip and happening now, the yeah. young guys, and. uh it's uh, it's interesting to try and uh, stay relevant and to keep juggling. And, and I think we have Vilmos back. Vilmos, are you there? Vilmos, how are you tonight? Oh, he's going to be patching in just a second. That's one thing about internet radio shows. You can say we're going to take a short break and come right back. There's no freaking commercials, are there? So we just kind of keep going. It's like the it's like a telephone. There you go. Can we go to the tote board? <laughs> Piggy, how many how many we got? We Is have seven million listeners, but they're all out of town today. No. <laughs> so we were talking about Phyllis Diller. They'll get the boards right. working. Okay. What? Yeah. What a. Uh, it's a loss. It's a great loss. It, it I mean, is. She was ninety. She was ninety. Something like that. She was up there, but she's had a lot of. She had a lot of medical issues over the last couple of years. I mean, the poor thing. I mean, you figure to be you know that long at eighty. I mean, for yeah. goodness, this you know, maybe the body's. I mean, you know how it is. You know, I'm pushing fifty, and I get out of bed. I mean, I tore my plantar fascia walking to the bathroom. Hello, Phyllis. How, how are you? Vilmos? Hello? 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 How are you, Vilmos? Hello? I'm here, Vilmos. Can you hear us? Vilmos. All right. He's having trouble hearing us, so uh, we're going to move on. I don't know. Can you hear us, Vilmos? All right. All right. It's one of those things. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be obviously sad, but she has had to have motivated so many of the lady comics that are out there that are, you know, from that whole sure. Lisa I mean, Lampanelli oh, well, then they all go of those Even guys. further back than that, like Emma oh, Jane yeah. Coca, Carol Burnett, uh, you know. Exactly. You know, Elaine May. I mean, th- I, it, it floored me when Jerry Lewis said that there's no funny women that are out there, or women can't be funny, whatever he had said. And I didn't know the context. I didn't hear it, so I don't know what, how much he was joking. But it got, it got spread out there that Jerry Lewis said that there's women can't be funny, they're no funny, which is... So far from the case. I mean, you mentioned Lisa Lapinelli, women now, Kathy Latham, you know, uh, Elaine Boosler, Carol Leifer. I mean, <laughs> go on and on and on. You know, Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, who's you know, she's funny as hell. Uh, Paul Poundstone. She had her. She had her time. You know, you know definitely. She, still out there? Is your Vilmos? Are you still there? Let's yeah, go. I'm here. Oh, Vilmos, there he is. How are you? Sorry, we having problem with Good. the phones. There, those things happen sometimes on yeah. live radio. Verizon. Mm. No, no Verizon. This is I don't know. Sprint, Sprint, <laughs> Skype. Skype. There we go. That's right. So Vilmos, how are you? Thank you for calling in. I'm good. How are you guys tonight? We are not too bad. I am sitting here with comedian and actor Ward Smith is in the studio tonight. Hello, ah, Vilmos. good. Hello, Ward. Hello, Vilmos. Listen, thank you very much for for uh, bringing Caleb to everyone's attention in the comedy communities throughout the the country. Um, and I got turned on to what Dave was doing through what I guess you wanted to do, and uh, it's uh, it's very sad and unfortunate. But whatever we can do as a comedian com- community, yep, is helpful. So how did you? Uh, well, yeah, that's the whole thing that people don't kind of understand about comedy is uh, we're all both a, a bunch of self-loathing individuals that'll stick together when we need to. That's right. Stab you in the right, right, right. Stab you right in the back until you need me. That's right. That's, That's right. exactly, well, look, we can stab our own, but right. don't let anybody else from the outside take right. a uh, We'll stab you in the back, but at the it. same time, it's, and it's time for us to put the Band-Aid on it, we'll yep. put the Band-Aid on it. It's, so it's, how did it's you come family. to family. How did you come to meet Caleb? How did you? How did he come into your life, or how did your... You oh, just... well, you know, I uh, Caleb grew up in this little town of uh, Florence, Colorado, which I happen to live in, and I have uh, three kids that went to school with him, and... If uh, they were going to, he he ended up, uh, I'm not going to say when he was younger, but when he got older, he definitely came into uh, being like my fourth kid. Mm. Um, it, it, our relationship really strengthened. Uh, he, he met me in the eighth grade. He, they do a, uh, uh, sem- a seminar uh, uh, for the eighth graders uh, career fair. 
and they would have people come into the classrooms and talk about being an accountant or a policeman or a nurse or doctor or whatever it was. And at the time, I owned a video store, and I'm a, a computer guy. So uh, they never asked me to talk about those things. They all knew I was a stand-up comic, so they asked me to talk about the entertainment business. And uh, I spent, I got 30 minutes. I spent 20 minutes telling them not to get into it and have a black backup plan if they decided they wanted to. And then I told them 10 minutes of what it was like to be a comic and be on the road and, mm-hmm. you know, all the strangeness that goes along with it. And that was the day that Caleb would tell me later on that that was the day he firmed up his plans to be a comic. Well, I had right. a, when you were telling that story, I had a vision of the teacher in the back of the room giving you a light when you had five to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, the kind of thing with the teacher, I happened to be the year that I... Uh, the year that I did Caleb, there was one teacher who was a real hard ass. I, I'm, are we? Uh, and he, um, this guy happened to be not listening to me, and he was just cleaning his desk, and he's rustling papers, and he's slamming, slamming drawers, and uh, this, and I, I finally I stopped and I looked at him. I was treating him like a half cuckler. I said, "Look, can I just get you a bell or a horn so you can go every couple minutes to interrupt the rest of what I'm doing?" And the guy looks at me like. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. And my son, I don't think anything about it. I, the guy shuts up. I go on, and my son comes home from school and goes, Dad, everyone is talking about you. Do you realize who you were talking to? So, you know, I kind of had my own thing. I had a heckler. But, you know, <laughs> Caleb, when he got to, to 17 years old in the senior high school, really started making his moves to be a comic. And that's when he, his and my relationship really kind of went into full swing because I got him his first uh, paid comedy gig. I put him on a show that I was producing uh, in the area. I got him his first stage time at a regular comedy club. I used to own Wits End Comedy Club in Denver. I put him on stage with uh, Dennis Blair. Sure. And, uh, well, you know Steve McGrew, don't the- you, then, don't you? You know Mudflat? I do not know Steve. I'm not a Denver guy. Okay. I'm an uh, hour away. Okay. Uh, at the two hours away. So I didn't hang. I know who Steve is, of course, uh-huh. but... Uh, Dennis Blair, if you know know sure. or may not know him, he was uh, George Carlin's it's opener for yeah, nearly for twenty years. years. Yep, yep. So we had traveled two hours up to Denver to go there. We stayed in the condo, and Caleb got to listen to me and Dennis telling road stories. Now my road stories are about people that no one's heard of. Uh, right. Dennis's are about you know Phyllis Diller, who God rest her soul, sure. died today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Carlin, Rodney Dangerfield, yep. all these greats of comedy, mm-hmm. and Caleb just kind of sat there the whole time with his it's eyes wide open it. and his mouth hanging a little bit. Yeah, I'm I sure mean, you did too. I'm sure those stories are crazy. Someone yeah. once told me once, and I'm sure you too, Bill Mosif. You should write a book on your road experience, and and I, you know, I'm sure we could. I mean, it would be a billion dollar seller, no question about it. Because you'd have to name yeah, names. Yeah, if anybody would believe them. Well, well, you have to name names, and and that's what sells the book. Of course, all the billions of dollars that I'd make would go right to lawsuits. You know, so <laughs> I'd, you know it would be a, it would want to be these career zenith type moves. It would be the biggest selling book of all time, and then I'd lose the fortune and end up in jail, broke alone, well, and, and raped by a six foot ten black guy named Kathy. <laughs> well. I- <laughs> And, you know, the other thing was I took him out on his first one-nighter, which if you go to the supportcaleb.com website, I posted the video of his journey that he made in his little web series called Caleb Saves the Internet. <laughs> nice. So it actually shows uh, me taking this really crappy hotel, you know, uh, the locks really aren't even any good on the doors. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it was a Yoda a, gig. You know, it was a it was a hell gig. It's basically sure. it was two hell gigs back to back, and he came out and had a great time. But you know, he kind of chronicled his journey. So that thing was a really good way to people to uh, kind of bond with him and find out what a good kid he really is. Absolutely. And you guys through that, you know, through the support Caleb, have raised a phenomenal amount of money in not a you know not a very long period of time. And it's I think it's a it's a huge amount of comedians on Facebook as well as I'm sure everybody else that's been donating. But, I mean, it's I thought it was, you know, it was almost infectious with how quickly it spawned its own life on Facebook and then out to the news, and it, it really took on a life of its own. Yeah, it was a weird situation. You know, I'd, I'm a web developer as well because uh, that's what I used to do. Uh, as Because you guys know as well as I do, you can't just let comedy pay the bills for certain periods of your life. 
And, no. um, it hasn't paid a bill a, in, in my life at all. I never let that stop me, yes. I don't pay the bills regardless. <laughs> doesn't have to have all right, well, to do that. Yeah, you know what? I need to just keep setting you guys up. Um, <laughs> I uh, So... The thing was, is I put together this website on Sunday night. I was honestly, I thought I was on the ra- I was on the radio in uh, Omaha all morning Friday. Didn't even connect it. It might have been him. You know, uh, right. we talked about it a little bit on the station I was on, and then I went home, sent him a quick uh, text message, feeling like I'd been stupid if I had said, "Hey, were you in this shooting?" And then he'd send me back a text message going, "What are you, you an idiot? Why would I be there?" So I sent him a real innocuous message. Hadn't heard back from him. Didn't find out till Friday night, right before I was going on to do uh, two sets at the Omaha Bone, and I was in shock. Um, I had no idea what to do uh, for that first 24 hours. And um, the Saturday night, I was in this uh, comedy contest, and I went through that, and I um, sat down Saturday night and wrote the supportcaleb.com website. Mm-hmm. Now, I only did the one page. All it was was that very first page you see that's got his picture on it and the story and the um, the video and his link to his uh, interview on the green room. And I put that together, got in touch with the family, and after a little, I had to actually convince them, even though the family knows me, his father knows who I am and what I do. I had to convince him to get it put up. I had to buy the website. I had to get Caleb's original website back because he let it expire. He didn't have the money to keep it going and make a long story short, got it up Sunday night. And by Monday morning, I quickly realized that there had been no talk about Caleb at all. They Mm. were focused on uh, that poor gal that had gotten killed and had missed getting killed in the uh, mall shooting in Canada. Right. You're right. And I don't know her name, but they were focusing on everybody, but Caleb. So I didn't know what to do. And I, I do this little podcast called the green room and I've been doing it since April of 2008 and I've had some really good guests on it. I've had like I, I've had Robert Kelly on it, and I've had uh, uh, Pete Dominic and Gary Gullman and Aisha uh, Tyler and a couple other uh, bigger names. Not anybody huge, huge, but kind of mid-level guys, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I just took my show book, which had everybody's email address or name, and went back and just started emailing everybody. And I sent them a very fast email that said, "Look, I don't know if you've heard about the shooting." But Caleb Medley uh, is one of us. He's like a son to me. Uh, he's in a coma right now. He lost his right eye. His wife's going to have a baby on Monday. And if you could just pass this link along, I would be grateful. And that's all I did. And about two hours later, it took me about two hours to send those, uh, starting around midnight, about by noon, the stories were starting to come up on the Internet because I had a Google alert going. And they just started coming up like crazy. And the donations had gone from $8,000 to like $40,000. Fantastic. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, that's, and, and all proceeds. And then it just blew up from there. Everything's going right to the family. Yeah, everything goes in that. The only thing that doesn't go to the family in the online stuff is, uh, of course, those places have a, a three. The, that place in, has a 3.5% fee. Oh, sure, understandable. Sure, I understand, but there's which, no other which overhead. Which apparently the site has told them that they're going to make a very large donation to kind of... Well, how wonderful is that? What's what's Caleb's status? He said he's still in a coma. Is there any type yeah, of he is, progress? He's still in a coma. He's fighting an infection of some sort right uh-huh. now, and I don't really know. I don't have any details on that, but he is uh, he has not opened his eyes. Uh, since he got shot on the 20th, I think it was the 20th is the date, and um, uh, they think that it's going to be a while, like when I say a while, like several more weeks, till they can actually uh, bring him out of the out of the coma, and then we have no idea right. how he's going to be because he still has a shotgun pellet. It buried in the right-hand side of his brain, so far in that they can't ever take it out because oh they're goodness. afraid that they'd kill him. In doing so, and Um, how is how is his wife and the rest of his family faring during all this? Well, that's that's something that's uh, kind of an odd situation because even though I'm very close with Caleb, um, I have very little contact with his father and I are about the same age, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, we don't see eye to eye. I understand. So, hence probably uh, I don't get any information out of him, and Katie's just overwhelmed with. 
you know, having a new baby and being I'm worried sure. sick about Caleb, and she just doesn't have time. It's not like she'll pick up the phone and call me and go, sure. hey, Bill Moshe, this, right. this is what's happening. <clears throat> so I get my, uh, my news and fits and starts and well, little dribbles here and there. Well, I appreciate you getting the word out there. And, you know, once I had reposted it and I made it an initial donation, everybody in the area – you know, immediately three or four comedians said, let's, you know, let's do a benefit show. And three or four people said they wanted to be on it. And we had that show last night. And luckily, one of the local uh, Bay News 9 came out and did a little bit of story on it. So it got some attention. And, you know, we brought out a decent amount of people and we were able to raise $582. And we did go through the website to make a donation. So everybody felt nice and safe and secure. Uh, so, but we were able to raise that and that felt good. And we brought some awareness out there and, you know, it, it was the comedy community coming together here. We had a, a great guy, Johnny Bell, uh, who's 10 plus years in comedy, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Oz, who's a little over 20 years right. and, uh, myself and John J. Murray, who are Greenpeace. Right. I could but, not, I could not make a due to a prior commitment, but my donation is forthcoming. It's, he's, he's been sending hour. checks in the mail all day, he says, but. I don't know. I think it's shady. I would check his credit, Vilmos. Let me just say this. I I am so grateful for everything you guys have done and and for everything everything the comedy community has done. I mean, this this kind of thing, Caleb is so important to me as a a human being and a a friend and, you know, everything else that, uh, you know, this gives me a certain amount of comfort just knowing there's so many people that will reach out to help him. But on the other hand, it makes me very proud to be a comedian because – this really, I've always believed that comedy is a brotherhood, that we all share a common bond because of the experiences we've had to go through sure. to become comics and to stay comics and to go out on the road. Definitely. And this all, just reinforces yeah. what I've always believed. Only, only we understand us. Definitely. You can have a tremendous, exactly right. you can have a tremendous spouse, a support unit at home, and God bless those who really have one that can hang out for the long haul. It takes a really special person to be. You know, to put up with it, the likes of us. I can't even get a woman to stay with me for two days, <laughs> well, and, I, and I don't leave. The, and I don't leave town. And I get your sloppy <laughs> seconds. Gives you an idea. Sorry about your damn luck. Those are pretty sloppy. That's what Leno, Leno said the best. You know, the singers and the rock stars. They they get all the women. You know, comics get the kind of women who pick up cops. <laughs> we're, like, we're the permanent wingman. <laughs> That's right. Forever the wingman. That's right. Well, Vilmos, I really want to thank you for taking some time out. I know you're on the road, and oddly enough, you were just here in the area. And I actually have another comedian waiting on hold to call in, but I really want to thank you very much for taking some time out to call in. Tell us a little bit about Caleb, and uh, again, thank you well, very much for posting it, and thank you for all the to the comedians that came out and all the people that came out to watch the show. I really appreciate it. We had some great uh, raffle prizes donated by uh, – Verizon Wireless and some small businesses in the area from uh, massages, which unfortunately I didn't win, which I love massages. Everyone needs uh, to be needed. Yes. Uh, soccer teams and there's a great military museum. So a lot of people came together to toss some stuff in and the Tampa Picture Show donated the room and gave gave movie tickets to people as prizes. So it was really nice. Everybody had some fun. Well, no need to thank me. You guys are doing all the work. I'm just yelling. That's all I'm doing. And we'll help you yell. Keep on yelling. Keep on screaming your story and Caleb's story. Will do. Thank you very much, you guys. Thank you all of you you out there that listen to these fellas. They're good dudes. Uh, Thank you. God bless you, sir. All right. Drive safe. Be good. And we'll stay funny. Break a lip. All right. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. So that was a great call, man. That was very nice. I, I always like when people call in and... It was nice that he was involved with it, and I mean, he really got it going from the get-go. So I, I, you, you got you, you got the taste of it. I, mean, I did it in terms of why he probably took a shine to Caleb and how he and Caleb's dad don't see eye to eye. I don't want to get involved with any family business or where I, my business sure. doesn't belong. But I, it's nice that you know you mentioned he was a mentor, and it, we're we're fortunate. I guess we're all fortunate at one time, if ever in our lives, if someone like that comes through. And if it's, I don't know if it's what, if you're a tradesman and you have a guy who's, who's telling you how to lay bricks a certain way or a writer, a friend of yours, or, a, or if it's a mechanic, whatever it is, you have that, that guiding hand who's, you know, 
Definitely. Did, did you have a mentor? Have you have a mentor or anyone that has really made a huge impact on your life? You know what? Um, we're going to take a call right now, okay. and then we'll get back to sure. that. No question about it. Is this TJ? This is TJ. This is Dinner with TJ. TJ, how are you? I've heard about this man. <laughs> how are oh, you, thank sir? you guys very much for having me. I am doing excellent. I want to thank you for, you know, I know it was a late call, but we had somebody on, and we just took an extra couple of minutes. So what's but, for dinner? I, I actually, <laughs> it's a really late call. I thought it was 9.30 this morning I was supposed to be on, so uh, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. All right, we, we like overachievers. So <laughs> I, I'm going to let everybody know briefly, TJ's calling in because he has a YouTube show, which is called Dinner with TJ, and it's because TJ don't eat nothing. <laughs> T, TJ, what are the five or six foods that you only eat normally? What, what started all this? Well, all my whole life, I've always eaten the same five foods. For every meal and every snack, those five foods are chicken, turkey, hot dogs, hamburgers, and bacon. You could name a food literally before dinner with TJ started, and I have never tried it, <laughs> ranging from a potato chip all the way up to sushi or coffee. I've never had ice cream, now, I, okay? So we, all of these are new to me. Can I back up and say, now, obviously, no, you were, were you a Kind of a picky eater, or was that the way, did your, did your parents provide you with a nice, junk-free diet when you were growing up? It was just those five foods? Did you just bitch and complain well, until that was all they would give you? I mean, some kids, all they want is macaroni well, and cheese, but it sounds like you had a diversified, at least you had beef and the chicken. The problem is, he's like a 30-year-old man, and this is all he's eating. Well, but, but I'm talking about, um, TJ, when you were a boy, did, would you, did you have disciplined eating habits when you were a kid growing up? Went all the way up to, um, from when I was a baby, my mom always said I ate normal. Okay. And then I remembered when I was a younger kid, probably around five or six years old, I was sitting at a dinner table for Thanksgiving dinner, and I had all my aunts and uncles and cousins, everyone was sitting around the turkey. And I remember I ate some sort of a vegetable, which caused me to vomit all over the turkey. Oh, my God. And then since, oh, since then, I just had a mental barrier shut down where I'm like, I'm not trying nothing. If I was at the table, I'd give up turkey, too. So, but turkey, I still eat, believe it or not. Even that was part of the horrible ordeal. It's just the dressing the you got to watch and the now, stuffing. Will, will you eat turkey in any form, or does it have to be Thanksgiving-style like, turkey? Yeah, well, is that it? Will you eat it cold-cut style or any flavored? What's the deal? It has to be like a real turkey. Like I'm not going to go to a deli and ask for them to cut up that processed turkey nest. So you're not Man, doing the boar's head. You're not doing real. the boar's head turkey slices. Like you get I don't want the slices. I want the whole bird in that oven for 10-plus hours. <laughs> I want to just enjoy it. Okay. So you'll eat the shit out of some turkey, but here, here, I'm a fat guy. I'm a foodie. <laughs> I don't understand how you had hamburgers and, fr and hot dogs, and you didn't have no damn french fries. How, how does that happen? Yeah. It just happened, you know? And, like, I grew up my whole life. You never had my side? did not want to not feed me. <laughs> So she would always ask me, TJ, what do you want to eat? Meanwhile, she would cook, like, pizza for my sister, cook chicken for me, and then make herself, like, a tuna sandwich. Uh, you're but she never force-fed me to try the other two foods. Huh. Ah. Well, that so is... I grew into this bubble of just a shell of, of, of a fear of trying foods because of it. So you've never now tried lasagna? Therapy. What was that, sorry? You never tried lasagna? I've never had lasagna, and I've never had pizza. Okay, Pizza, or, I tried, and I went from the crust backwards. I didn't give it a fair enough go. So then uh, <laughs> I still, I, I still don't, don't think I know what pizza. pizza tastes like. Oh, my gosh. So let me ask you. Now, do you do a little stand-up comedy? Is that how you got into having? Because the dinner with TJ is you and pretty much most of the time very well-known, if not celebrity comedians, some of which that have been on this show, go to dinner, and they introduce you to foods. Uh, how did that part come about? I mean, were you doing comedy first, and how did that whole idea come? Or did your wife just well, kick I you out do of the do house? Stand -up, I do do stand-up comedy, but I've never spoke about my food issues before I started my whole therapy sessions. Uh, and part of my therapy was me calling what's called flooding the fear, where I try every food that I've never tried. So then I started to see the humor in this on how the 31-year-old man that's never had pizza, let's go ahead and, and, and document this. And I thought, why not have funny people 
introduced me to those foods. Wow. So I reached out to all these guys over Facebook and emails and managers and just said, hey, the world's pickiest eater wants you to pick a meal for him. And then I just named all the comedians that have done it with me. And then it just snowballed from, from, from local Canadian comics where I'm from mm -hmm. to big time American comics wow. when they're in town. Right, and you've had... Everybody wants a piece of the 31-year-old food virgin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> have, you, had, have you had sex? He's got a wife. I've had sex, yes. Okay. I, I, I have had sex. Okay. Do, do, is that a food that's off limit? I, wanted, I was just going to go I knew that's where you guys were going. Hey, listen, that this is, is Let's Be you Frank. episode, I believe, two or three when I had Bobby Slayton on, he asked that question, do I eat pussy? And okay. the answer is... Yes, I eat pussy. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> you that how I well, for you guys. But it's got to be special. Is there no special preparation involved? You can take it just al dente, as it were. It's his wife. He takes it however no, he can get it. No, there's actually pussiness involved with that, too. You know, believe it or not. I just don't dive in and just eat it has to any be, clam uh, out of the ocean, if you will. You know, I got I don't. I got to pick and choose. Well, you know the difference. The right, the right, the right one for my loving. That's right. You know the difference between sushi and pussy, don't you? Right. I do know that. Rice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just saw him try rice for the first time the other day. Oh my god! It's yep, he tried and he tried rice. this little tiny piece of. You, you. It's funny because he's thirty-one and he, he looks and he's taking a bite of food. He looks like he's a five-year-old kid and he's got to be like he's eating a piece of a liver. Like I can't believe you're making me do this. <laughs> It's great. And the first one I saw was it's with a, Bobby Slayton, which was great because Bobby Slayton was really the first celebrity to call into my show. So it was really cool. And he had you try some simple things. Like, wasn't it a Reuben, was it? Uh, no, no. That that was Alonzo Bowden that had me try a Reuben sandwich. Okay. But with Bobby Slayton, it was condiments because I've never had ketchup, mustard, or relish, or hot sauce. So he had the condiment episode where we went in there and what we tried all the pickle? different condiments. Did you eat the pickle with him? Didn't, did you, where did you try the pickle? The pickle, yeah, that was also at the same meal with Bobby Slayton. Oh, that was the greatest oh face God. in the world. It, it looked like a doctor <laughs> stuck his finger in his asshole or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was. He was just like, oh my god! It and was stuck it in his mouth. Yes, <laughs> and, I, and I'm a. I love pickles. My sure. family had a pickle business. Pickles are like in New York. Oh yeah, shit. yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> eat me a fried pickle, a regular pickle. I'll eat a cucumber before it's pickle. I sure. like. I like some pickle. Right. So, if you guys are foodies, you need to watch the episode with Bill Burr where we had a whole pig head. I was with just me, about Bill to bring Burr, that and up. Robert Kelly. Oh my Man. god! You must have had a good time with was, that one. If it. If, this pig head could have turned me vegetarian, but since I've never tried vegetables, it would have killed me to, to turn vegetarian. Dude, I saw him. I know, You said it was Bill Burr and who else again? Robert Kelly. All right. Now, Robert Kelly, and I, I apologize for not remembering his name, but uh, he told you that the pig ear was going to taste like bacon, and you fell for that. <laughs> I was like, he's going to eat that. I like did. And you've had bacon before, though, right? Uh, bacon is one of the five foods, so yes, okay. I, I, it's, it's, it's how I fell for it. But what what other people describe the the year as was as, as a as a as a chip, as well as bacon. So like, even though I thought of the bacon part, still the fact that I've never had a plain potato chip, it weighed heavily on me trying that pig year. <laughs> now, and how Bobby, is the pig and Bobby Kelly actually ate ninety percent of that pig from the eyeball. To the nose, we ordered bison tongue for that meal as well. Which was just oh. See, now I'm with you there. The tongue, what is it? Is it uh, what is that? Boozler's line. I'm not going to eat anything that's going to taste me back. Yes, you know, I, <laughs> Elaine. I, yeah, I'm not going to do the tongue thing. I, I'm good with muscle. I'm not. I don't want to eat any organs. I will eat a muscle. Mm -hmm. I will not eat an organ. Right. So I mean, we can draw the liver. line. Now, I want to ask you, TJ. Is now your your pickiness? Is it come from? I don't know a health concern or or I think it's all tied to that bad experience. A sanitation at Thanksgiving, or is it a, a queasiness you get in your stomach, or just the presentation? Just does it look appetizing to you? I have zero urge for food. I only eat food so I do not die. Like I can, I so can you walk eat in. To I, live. Like, you for totally, example, you, you I live in a live. radius of five different McDonald's. And the fact that I eat all my hamburgers plain with no food on it, I can taste where where. where Every single McDonald's goes wrong with their hamburgers. Wow. Okay, so like doctors call what I have being a super taster. 
So I don't want to try food because when I bite into a piece of food, as I'm learning throughout this whole dinner with TJ, every time I bite into a food, I taste every single piece and particle of that food, which mm. is going to result in some sort of gag or vomit. Huh. That's the best part. When he gags, I just laugh my ass off. Now, and, that, and that could be something... Dave, you got to wait for season two because that could season be, one was could... nothing but gagging. Season two was already nicknamed Season Puke. <laughs> And that could be that could be with pasta, right? You could something as as it's not like it's you know roast chicken faces or anything like that. Yes. You know, well, we like could have roast pig face. Well, like you're doing like Zunderman does, who eats you know fried bat shit. You know that fucker's just weird. But you know the guy on the Food Network, Bourdain's got the gig. Oh, if you okay, ask me. yeah. But uh, something that's like there's pasta. a lot of haters. There's a lot of haters on the internet that says I'm faking this. Okay, and that bugs me because if I'm faking it, wait till you guys see me vomit right. off of peanut butter. Well, okay? So this is an, this like, is a, a condition. If I'm faking though. it, then give me an Oscar right now for a, give me a YouTube Oscar. Yeah, I don't believe you're faking it, man. I've seen it, and I, I just is this a there's condition? nobody that would take that pansy size of a French fry bite. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have to be a super sized fat guy to put the whole French fry in your mouth. You were you nibbled that like it was a piece of fucking liver or cod like like you were scared to eat it and that's like one of the most delicious treats in the world that's a fried potato is this a, is this a physical condition J, TJ or is it more psychological or is there, you have like it's one hundred percent psychological I grew up with OCD where I would hold doors open with my sleeves. Uh, afraid to get every germ like Howie Mandel. Uh -huh. I live that lifestyle. Another openly uh, Canadian so man, by the way. Definitely tendencies of OCD. Wow. wow. Now, how is your wife? Is your wife turning like your mother is? Is she? Is she frustrated? Uh, kind of oh, frustrated. Or is she on board with the diet or the, the the way you have to go shopping? I mean, you can be creative with chicken beef. In Turkey, I mean, you know, rather than the whole turkey, but chicken and beef, you can be creative. Most of us have that chicken. Beef. I have a funny feeling it's his way or the highway oh, no, when right. it comes to cooking. And no fish, you have no fish at all. You have had any fish, like a, a nice Nothing piece of from the ocean, or? anyway. <laughs> my wife, the reason why I married my wife is simply because she was the only one in my world to get the way I ate besides my immediate family. Wow. I told her on the very first date, hey, I want to take you for coffee, but I've never tried coffee. You know, that was my opening line to her. And you ever, that you night ever, I told her everything, and then she naked? just accepted it. Where I had girlfriends, where I would hide this for months, months on end, the fact that I would eat it. And they would wonder, why am I always having chicken? Why am I always having chicken? And they would break up with me when they found out that I'm a 28 or whatever, how old I was, and I've never had a vegetable. You know, right. they would run for the run for the hills if they so, will. Still to this day, as we speak, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was going to ask, out of the foods that you've tried, and I've watched you eat some delicious foods. I wouldn't have touched the fucking pig head, but what's been your? What was the worst experience, and what was the best food? Do, do you think you'll eat it again? The worst was spaghetti. Okay, I had what? spaghetti with Kate Micucci, and that was the world's worst. And that was just rubber. I, it was the first time I you tried had shitty spaghetti. Sauce. That's what it is. You had <laughs> shitty spaghetti and bad sauce. Oh, it was everything. It was rubber. It was disgusting. Uh, that meal was coming up. If I, a, a lot of these comedians tell me, "Hey, TJ, if you puke, I'm walking out of this restaurant." So, like, due to respect to them and respect for, for people around me in a restaurant, I kept it down. Wow. And uh, this, this <laughs> it's it, it, right. it was due to so love for Kate Micucci that that did not come up. Right. There's so, only so many outdoor cafes where you can shoot your show at, so you can at least puke on your outside <laughs> and not in the establishment. Wow. So what was really weird. The restaurants have no idea what we're doing. When we call the restaurants, we tell them that we are the comedian's agents and they're coming into town, and they want to have a nice meal. But we're also filming a documentary, but not about your restaurant. It's about the comedian. So they let us right in with their cameras. We're in some really high-end restaurants. They have no idea that they're being that I'm puking wow. on YouTube right now. <laughs> do, do you at least pick up the tab for these comedians, or are they they, they buy new? That's all I do. They, I don't even have to pay them. You nice. know. I just buy their food and say, hey, you got to eat when you're in town. Of course Why you not eat and meet the biggest freak in your life right. that, you that's never tried anything? Pick a food, any food. He'll try it for the first time with you. It's pretty cost-effective you because you probably don't eat that much anyway. Right. <laughs> so what, what, what was the favorite thing that you've tried? 
Pancakes, hands down. Pancakes. Well, you that is you took one bite cheese. and you said, oh, my God, what, I've been, what have I been missing all these years, right? Was it with it or without syrup? It was a euphoria. It was heaven. And As that they pancake, should be. I still dream about that pancake. You know how you guys dream about, like, that first piece of girl that you guys got? Yeah, um, pancake. Tastes like pancake. My new dream is that pancake. I've been chasing that pancake for six months now. Uh, now, have you had pancakes again since? I have them every single Sunday morning. Great. Good for you. Right, as you cool. should. As you should. Spoken like a true American Canadian. So listen, we got about five <laughs> minutes left in the show, TJ. So yep. I want you to give me a shout out. I mean, tell everybody. I mean, it's obvious, it's it's Dinner with, with TJ, TJ at YouTube. Yeah, Dinner with TJ on YouTube. Uh, we're, we're in hiatus right now while we're editing up season two. It's already all filmed and shot. We've got, I think... 14 new comedians coming at you guys, high-profile comedians from Wendy Liebman all the way to Key and Peel. We've got some big names, some fun foods coming up. Uh, every episode, once we start Season 2, a new episode will be out every Thursday. So subscribe on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash dinnerwithtj. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And watch me puke over something as simple as peanut butter. <laughs> nice. Listen, TJ, thank you for calling in. Uh, I think no, that's man. fantastic. I appreciate I, I, it. I think, I think you should go to an Italian restaurant Ooh. and order a stromboli. Or some scongili. Yeah, well, that's scary. But wait, that's like maybe squid. we'll do it. Like Maybe we'll do it like live over Skype. You go and get a stromboli. I'll get a stromboli. We'll have a dinner with TJ slash Let's Be Frank mashup. There you go. Oh. Or I'll, I'll, I like know. this kid, how he's thinking. <laughs> you see? Listen, he's eating will, smart food. Whatever he's eating, he's eating smart food. If we're doing that, either I'm coming <laughs> to Canada or you're coming here because I make my own homemade strombolis. And that's I'm, just how oh, I roll. I'm a uh, fat man. Oh, I'm coming cook. over now. There you go. You got to put out if you come over, Ward. Well, fuck, I'm not, not gay, but twice a year don't make you queer. So. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was gay, but I quit when it was my turn. We'll talk. <laughs> TJ, thank you for calling in. We're going to let Ward give some shout-outs. And go out there and try some food, man. Dinner with TJ. We'll check it out. And y'all check it out. Too. Awesome, and, guys. And I'm jealous of all your famous comedians. I don't have as many. Tell them all to call me that I'm great. I need help. Uh, you know I will now. You know I will. Right now, Canada will embrace you. I'm starting to get some popularity in Canada where I can't even walk down the street without someone noticing me. So uh, Canadians are going to start following you now. And keep up with the pancakes. And one thing I can say as a a hardcore pancake uh, fan myself, fuck waffles, okay? Don't waste your time. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's nice about pancakes? You can mix anything. You put chocolate chips in them. They they put everything in You put hot dogs in a bacon. So you have pig in a blanket now. There you go. That's almost like a pancake corn dog. You're damn right it is. TJ just got a hard on thinking about hot dog and pancake. Now you want to try pumpkin pie and bacon or chocolate covered bacon. I got to take care of this boner right now, guys. Thinking of that, <laughs> stuff, that does sound. Yeah, can't keep a good right man now. down. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, thank you again for calling in. It was great. We will speak to you soon, and I'm looking forward to seeing some more episodes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Watch All your right. cholesterol. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's so amazing. We, That's amazing. It is. I mean, do you have some food? I think we all have some foods that we just won't eat, like liver or... I, I don't eat organs. Okay. That's pretty You're not a tripe guy. You're not a spleen yeah. and kidneys. Nah, yeah. Nah. I'm not a soul food yeah. person, as it were. Yes. I like to lick boobies and vaginas. Okay. Just like TJ. Sure. I don't get to do those as much as I would like. <laughs> if you would like Fat Davey to lick your boobies and vagina. The phone number is again. 727-493-2055. There you go. <laughs> call in and make an appointment. No That's problem. Right. My schedule is open. Get a lick uh, <laughs> <laughs> But listen, uh, let's let everybody know I, where you're going to be next. I only have one thing to shout out. Okay. Uh, this week, I'm going to be at Billy Jackson Largo. Great. And I'm going to be doing a show with Sam Rosen, Steve Bird. Uh, Ali, I can't say his last name. Um, probably better not. Okay. It could be on the no-fly list or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. uh, but he's a great guy. It's going to be a good show, and that's at Billy Jack's Wednesday at 8 or 9 o'clock. Okay. And where are you going to be? Because you're going to be at Coconuts, yeah, right? Coconuts on the Beach. They just opened a brand-new room in the Beachcomber Resort. I have been blessed to do some guest sets there Beautiful for Bobby. Room, it's a great it? room. It looks like a real room again like it yes. used to be. And it's nice to see them back in, in a really nice, good digs. And I'll be there with G. David from... Uh, Wednesday to Saturday. What is it? The 29th through the first. There you go. Maybe I'll see Second. if I can come down there. Come on see, out. 
Yeah, maybe I'll come down and watch the show. Maybe I could sneak in a guest set. Right. You could find out how fat Davey rolls. That's right. Burn Notice stage. is still available on iTunes, and so is Army Wives. And uh, uh, keep your eyes out for the uh, Burn Notice marathons. There you go. There. Where's your website? Tell them where to find your website. Uh, WardGregorySmith.com. It's also, you can IMDB me and type Ooh. in Ward G. Smith. As a matter of fact, you have a star ranking. You have your cum ranking for uh, yes. how many people watch you and whatnot. Uh, I came in, I started... Uh, at 177,628. I've nice. since, I've since, give me an idea, George Clooney's like three. <laughs> okay. I've, I'm now up to 65,000. So I broke six figures. You know, I, I'm, so that's like, that's, that's the equivalent of when I get happy that I break into the top 100 on Stitcher. Right. Because okay. now I'm only like 45 or 50 back from some of these right. big, huge, like heart. You know, all, all these big, right. huge guys. I'm only 60,000 back from Clooney. There you go. You know, only 60? Rather than 177,000. There you go, man. Ho- hopefully, when your newness wears off, you don't drop down a little bit like the stackings in radio. Well, it, 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 <laughs> it has faded because you check in and it says you're off this week. <laughs> yeah. You're excited. You're like, you're in the top. You're in the top 100. Next week, you're, uh, we don't track anybody under the 100. Well, you're they still, well, they're still tracking the, the <laughs> algorithms are such that it still picks up if people go back and watch the podcasts yes. Yes. or when they DVR it, it comes back. Somehow it relates to, uh, they look at the viewership, there's per, uh, the estimated viewership of a particular show, so many right. eyeballs brings your star meter up. There you go. And somewhere they they keep clicking it on and, hey, you know, I'm waiting for the residual check and then we're going out to dinner when I get it. There you go. Well, we are going to wrap up the show, and I want to thank you Kill for coming music. in. Go ahead and visit his website. Check him out on Facebook. If you're in the Tampa Bay area, go on down to Coconuts in St. Pete Beach and go out and see the show. It's bound to be funny. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank welcome. you, everybody, for, for tuning in. We'll speak to you next week, and have a great night. Break a lip. Thanks for listening in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com. If you missed this show or would like to catch up on past shows, visit us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. And have a great night. We'll see you next week. What was that? I'll tell you what that was. That was another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com, where we put the .com in 